one, two, three, check A, check A. Don't pop the peas. Don't pop. Don't don't pop the peas. A check one two three check A. Literally, that's my favorite thing to do. I don't really know what it is, and I think something just uh, comes over me where I truly thought I was gonna be like a roadie for uh, some band on Warp Tour or some shit. I don't know where why I thought I would want to do this, but I think there's just part of me that still has got this weird fantasy about being behind a big ass you know uh, soundboard at a venue that's where that comes from what up fam we are back with cheers to beers the podcast that lasts as long as the pint i'm your host jess and uh this episode's a fun one so this one was recorded a little while back and by a little while back i mean from winter it's currently the middle of summer excuse me um i'm currently drinking right now what do i got i have got hidden hand black lager from wayfinder um, who makes some of the best loggers in the area. I mean, Portland for sure. Um, I'm a fucking sucker for short spears. I don't know what it is. I think it's just because I'm such a, a logger fan that, uh, if I can get something with a little bit more dimension and body, I'm like, hell yeah. I think also maybe it's reminiscent of a black IPA, AKA a CDA, aka cascadian dark ale um which was a style that was invented here in the pacific northwest um so i think there's something related to that i like my black ipas i like my black loggers maybe that's just me if you know me you know that i only wear black so it's a problem we're working on it so like i said this episode was recorded a little while back and um it's something that's been a long time coming my guest this week is Michael Christie, who is, correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to say like operations wizard. <laughs> um, Homeboy opened the Modern Times location in Portland, the uh, Belmont Fermentorium. I think that's how you say it, right? That sounds right. If you know anything about Modern Times, you know that all their locations have really fun names. And I just love that kind of play on words and colorful, bright, fun stuff that they do. Um, so fun story, Mike and I uh, go a little little ways back. I actually met him because he was my best friend's roommate in college. And then me and my BFF, we'd be road tripping up the California coast to visit each other all the time during college. So I got to know Mike and... And then, you know, college ended. You kind of like stopped talking to people, whatever. Until I realized that Homeboy got into the beer industry, just like I did. But the versions of each other that we know are from college, where I was a film major and he was um, going to become a spy. <laughs> I I just remember he had something badass. I should, probably should have fact-checked this before I just start blabbing things, but... um. I'm pretty sure he was a double major, graduated early. He's a smart dude. If you guys know Mike, you know he's hella smart. Um, like double majored in like political science and something else and, and probably got like a minor in covert operations, you know, something along those lines straight up. And then yet we somehow both found ourselves in the beer industry with completely different journeys, but... I think that kind of speaks a lot for the beer industry, um, how 
it really draws certain people because of, I don't know, man, the beer industry has just got something different. It is, it's so much fun. It, it has so much energy, so much creative energy. And I think it's somewhere where you can be okay with being yourself. There's like a, a certain level of comfort there where it's like, yeah, man, let's just go have a beer. Like the vibe of that phrase I just said, but in an entire industry. <laughs> that That is what my experience has been. You'll hear about his experience in this episode. Um, so yeah, me and Mike go way back. And yet we both found ourselves in the Pacific Northwest working in the beer industry. So you know what? That's honestly just dope as hell. Okay, I, let's actually talk about what this episode is about. <laughs> um, so this is a Modern Times-themed episode. Uh, like I said, Mike works for Modern Times. Um, and so that's just what we were drinking the whole night. Actually, I think we drank some other stuff as well. But you know what? We That's not what this episode is about. That's another, that's another episode for another day. Um, so... Modern Times luckily is big enough to distribute a, a decent amount of places. So hopefully you could pick up one or all of these beers that we're drinking. Well, probably not all, but you know, um, the beer we started off with, which is what we're drinking right when we get on the mic is Black House, which is their nitro stout canned. Oh my God. Can we just talk about how well they can nitro? I, oh man, I'll post a video um, on Instagram, um, which by the way, the handle is just, just beer about him opening a can of this beer and pouring it into a glass and how well it cascades. He just turned it upside down and I was like, bro, that's about to fucking foam over. And it just beautifully whew, fell into place. Um, so that's the first beer we're drinking. Uh, so it's a nitro stout with coffee, coconut, and cacao, cocoa cacao is it the same thing let's talk about it um but not really the second beer that we're drinking is polyrhythmo which is a lager that was made in portland like in the belmont for fermentorium am i saying that weird um which is a hoppy pilsner right about five percent um and then the last beer that we opened together is Shrine of the Forsaken Gods, which is a Jester King collab that they did. Mixed culture, like literally you hear you hear the phrase mixed culture, but this was actually mixed mixed culture situation. It basically did a split fermentation. So um, they were fermented, each little batch that they had was fermented with the respective house culture and then blended and then re-fermented on raspberries. So I feel like a lot, what a lot of people know about modern times is their hazy IPAs and their really good dark beers. Um, but there's actually a lot more going on there. I mean, a lot of you guys are familiar with the fact that they uh, roast their own coffee. They do really fun barrel aged coffee stuff. We'll get into it in this episode if I ever finish this intro. And they're also doing really fun wild stuff. So this beer was a really great example of that. Okay, so let's get down to it. Like I said, grab a Modern Times beer if you can get one. Maybe one of the ones I mentioned. Pop that shit open and let's drink. Um, so in this episode, Mike is talking about the hustle, the capital H hustle you got to put into the beer industry. It's the most fun industry, like I said, to work in. But those who succeed in beer are really hard fucking workers. And that's something we talk about. Um 
you know, loving beer for what it does for people and community, going from a spy to a brewer, and you know that one time that he almost died from eating McDonald's. That's what we're getting into today, and I'm going to wrap this up with a quote from Mike in this episode that I feel like just sums this shit up real good. I'm done when it stops being about bringing people together. That's exactly what this podcast is about, and I am happy you are joining us today. Drink along with us, pop that shit open, and cheers. Can I do my best, like, David Lynch voice though, the whole time? <laughs> well, now we're here, and we'll know what is coming next. I need you to talk that way the entire time. Okay. <laughs> Quick update. The beer is good. Thank you all for uh, tuning in. I appreciate all of the uh, focus and... It's perfect. That's perfect. Um, I, oh, wait. We're not... We're not no, but I, I don't want yet. you to feel like... Are, are we recording now? I just immediately start recording because there's okay. always good top of the okay. So top of the show then, show. if we're on the top of David Lynch, I'll tell a funny story. Okay, go for it. Um, so I went to visit my friend in Chicago, and we like run into a friend of ours, ex girlfriend, and she's like, "Hey, I'm seeing 2001: A Space Odyssey and 70 millimeter at this like old school theater Love it. in Chicago," and we're like, "Cool, yeah, we're gonna go." So she brings her boyfriend, and we're like, "Oh, cool, like." We were always like amicable. There's like no weird feelings or anything like that. Um, and so I was talking to her boyfriend and everything, and we're watching this movie. And at the end, he's like, "Oh, hold on! Like my dad's calling me." And he's like, "Oh, my dad wants to hear what you guys think about this movie." And it was David Lynch. What? Yeah. Wait a minute. So I talked to him on the phone. Yeah. What? About 2001: A Space Odyssey. It's pretty cool. Wait, and what was the connection that you had with this person who made the phone call? Uh, it was a friend of mine's ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend. What the hell? Yeah. Sometimes you... Yeah, you know, it's a small world. That's what they say. <laughs> he told me the story in front of you. Like really? Yeah. I feel in like May? I don't remember Kelsey this. That's embarrassing. Repeat stories. <laughs> Do it for the microphone. <laughs> I'm, I mean... Right. Being embarrassing is what's entertaining. Like, if you're not embarrassing, then what are you doing? No, because, like, think about it. Like, you're, if you're not embarrassing, you're not challenging yourself. You're not constantly, sure. like, having that, like, weird, like, should I do this next thing? You know, like, Alcohol everything helps. is embarrassing. Everything's embarrassing unless you're just, like, sitting idle. Okay, so here's the deal. We've got a few beers in front of us. So what are we actually drinking? I mean, I'm still drinking the stout. I'm still drink- okay, but here's the thing: is we can still have our little side beer as we're drinking. Okay, I mean, so the way I always taste beer is mm-hmm. uh, least acidic to most acidic. Perfect. Because once you put something acidy on your tongue, that's all you're gonna taste. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, starting off with a good old hoppy lager, you know. Okay. Get the palate in the right spot. So are all three of these beers modern times that we're doing? Yeah, shameless plug. <laughs> I'm I'm not mad about it. Uh, perfect. Okay, so yeah, let's do... Polyrhythmo. Uh, so this was a Portland brew. Um, Love it. So uh, it was the second time we brewed this beer. Um, we So our CEO went out on sabbatical. Uh, but So he went on like a three and a half, four month-ish kind of thing. Uh, and he was like don't just brew lagers the entire time. 
Why not though? I'll drink lagers all day. Well, just because like we weren't known day. for lagers, we didn't do lagers. I kind of feel like lagers are the litmus test of how good a brewery is, though. So like if you right. guys are doing lagers all but, the time, I wouldn't be mad know, about that. You go down to San Diego and you drink beer, and it's like IPAs left and right, mm-hmm. and then like if the lagers there for the like, I feel like the the person who's either tagging along or the person who's works within the industry. It shouldn't be that way, though. It sucks that way. That's why we're trying to do, like, uh, you know, bigger, wider things with loggers. And like, sure. we're trying to, like, we have the league and all that kind of stuff. And so being able to release them and just doing kind of experimental different things. And, uh, you know, we love making IPAs and uh, trying to see, like, learn things from loggers and learn things from IPAs and try to see where in the middle we can meet there. So we've done, like cold ipas recently mm-hmm. yeah um so like an ipa but fermented with like kolsch yeast mm-hmm. and colder and like we've had a lot of success with that and enjoyed that so but ultimately you know i drink probably nine times out of ten a pilsner or a lager or something like that i mean our favorite bar here is uh like a german beer bar right and i mean like personally too when i'm getting off work it's kind of like if I've just had a long day of work, I'm not trying to delve into anything special. I'm not trying to not even necessarily, even if it's a session IPA, like I'm not even trying to drink that. I'm like, just fucking give me a check style Pilsner <laughs> so yeah. I can end the I mean, day and feel more content. Yeah. No, I, I think it's just like you taste things throughout the whole day and it's in the end, like a palate cleanser for sure. And I appreciate that. Okay. So let's open one up. Cool. Can we talk a little bit as you're pouring this? I'm just going to speak my own mind. Um, and maybe you can give a little bit of input of this. Uh, I'd like to talk about how modern times puts a lot of emphasis on art in art direction. Like, I, I'm not sure how many other... There's a few other breweries out there that I personally like that. Look at that. It's great. Um, that puts a lot of emphasis on art. But I feel like modern times really goes out of their way to... Look at this can right here. Like, what? Nobody what? that is listening can look at it. I know. So, Google Poly. Isn't that Rhythmo. like Broadcasting 101? I mean, how far does Modern Times distribute? A lot of people listening are not only going to be West Coast, but I feel like you guys are kind of. You're really expanding rapidly. Did you just um, say you guys have been open for five years? Yeah, we had our five year anniversary That's in July. That's insane for how wide you guys are distributing it, it feels and how, like a many, how many locations you have. Like, that's actually insane. We try hard. I don't know what else to say. Like, I, it's just like if you, you I, can compare this to any other like local craft brewery, five years in is like maybe you have gone. Why do from, you have to compare yourself? Just make something tasty and run with it. I'm just saying that like it doesn't really compare to anything else. So yeah, I want to compare it to something because it doesn't compare to other breweries. You That's most cool. breweries one two years in, you're working a maybe a 10, 15 barrel system. Maybe you upgrade to a 30 barrel system. You guys have how many locations? Like like brewing locations or like both. including. Oh boy. I, that's what I'm saying. Like for five years things. in, for five years in to All have right, that so many locations. We have our original is... location in Point Loma, which is in San Diego, California. Yeah. Um, so we have like a 30 barrel system there. Uh, we can crank out like 10,000 ish plus, you know, square feet. Um, close to 60,000 barrels out of that. Yeah. Um, which it's really funny. Uh, 
I mean, just watching the tanks grow and grow. Like the lowest number, like the smallest batch now, like to fill a full tank is 120 barrels, which we used to just be like littered with 30 barrels all over the place. Right. And it's just like progressively getting more and more, um, which has caused us to like have to open up other places. So I'll like, so we got Point Loma. We have a tasting room in North Park, which is like 15 minutes from there. Um, which is like, it's just, it's a tasting room. It's a little pop-up thing next to a coffee shop and, uh, like restaurants and stuff like that. It's really cool. Um, uh, God, so many stories. Um, then we have, we just opened up, uh, the far West lounge in Encinitas, which is like North County, San Diego, uh, which also has our first, uh, food component in San Diego. Uh, so we are a full vegan brewery. So it's a full vegan kitchen. Um, we were doing like brunch and all kinds of stuff. Uh, so that's pretty fun. So we just opened that one up uh, very recently. Didn't you have a beer called Now Open in Encinitas? Or uh, totally else? open. D- you know. My bad. <laughs> um, yeah, no. We So we with the new properties uh, we've done, uh, it was finally open in L.A. Uh, because is that it where took, the Dankness Dojo is? Yes. So traveling up the coast that's the next one that uh, is currently open uh we are currently also in the construction of uh anaheim uh, that's gonna be the big ass location right yeah, you're gonna Leisure have like Town. a pool and yeah, all sorts have of swimming shit. pool this is um, what i'm talking about five years in five years in as a company and you're doing this why not i mean like i I'm not opposed to it. Trust me. I love all of this that's happening. But it's, create, it's pretty like, insane it's, for the craft you know, beer industry. Yeah, it's on the rise and it it might plateau like pretty soon here or maybe it already, already has. Yeah, it probably already has. But it's like, it's kind of crazy that a ton of other, you know, small craft breweries that are open five years in, they're lucky to be working on a 30 barrel system. I mean, we still have a 30 barrel system. It, it, yeah, but you have like seven locations. Yeah, a three that we're brewing from. So, uh, Dankness okay, Dojo, okay. we're brewing from. Uh, Anaheim will also have uh, brewing on site there. Um, and, like, different food options. Yeah, it's, like, literally, like, an entire city block that we're taking over. Like, four different buildings that we're reconstructing an old, like, uh, historic cottage. Okay, cool. So, we opened up five minutes ago and haven't drank it at all. So I've been sipping it. Have you? Yeah. I haven't at all. We didn't even cheers. Oh, is that the next sound bite? Wait, let's try it again. Three, t- two, one. I'm not going to talk while... <laughs> that was probably the best, that's the best take we're going to get. Oh my God, this tastes life. like jasmine green tea. That's exactly cool. what it tastes like. That's hops. <laughs> that's hops for you. <laughs> did you, sorry, did, did you say this is a hoppy lager or is this a pilsner? Or like, what's the actual... Well, so one of the things that we don't really care about is styles. Um, you know, like as, as a general guideline, but like we'll just push it. So on the can, it's hoppy lager. I mean, okay. it it's a culmination of everything we've learned through the different, you know, lager, uh, lagers that we've been doing right, over right. the past like year, two years. And so, you know, it's our, we're using different yeasts. We're different using grains and stuff like that, that we... Uh, you don't always have to see or, you know. Right. And I think that was something I was surprised by when I went to the Belmont, what's it called? Fermatorium. Fermatorium. Yeah. Yes. Uh, when I had the hoppy Hellas lager there, I was like, it didn't, I didn't taste 
Pilsner malt. I didn't taste Yeager, Yeager, lager yeast. That was my combination of lager and yeast. Um, and but I was, was kind it of, good? I mean, it was good, but I was kind of turned off by it. it. I enjoyed it, but I was turned off by it in the sense that it didn't follow a would, style. Would you be mad if you were sitting across from somebody and you had the beer in your hand and you were just having a good conversation? Would you be mad that no. that beer was in your hand? No. Then that's what should matter. It's so in my yes philosophy. And no. That's in my philosophy. Sure. Like, and is that the like that's kind of the philosophy that modern times is going for? Like, we're just oh, making good beer. I mean, everybody beer. has their own, you know, different philosophies like within the company. I mean, that's the beauty of modern times is that we all have our own voice within it, and so that's the the approach right. that I come at sure. it is like I I want to make sure that like. I can have a good, like, I'm not offended by the conversation I'm having with somebody. To be, to me, beer is about, like, bringing people together, Agreed. ultimately. Totally. Uh, and so, like, that's where I start. You know, that's where, like, when I look at a beer, am I going to be like, hold on, I, I'll be right back. I need to go pour this out. Or right. and, and that's, like, at the, the, the most basic level, right? I mean, we can go into, like, very deep nuances of things, but at the basic sure. level... No, and I've never had a modern times beer that I disliked. Like I've actually enjoyed everything from modern times. So I'm not saying that it's something I dislike. It's just kind of interesting that you're saying that it is why why follow style guidelines when we're just making beer that's good. That's interesting. I feel like that kind of it can split people. There are traditionalists in the oh, craft yeah, beer no, world and that the, are like fuck like that. Uh and we definitely still do those things but like ultimately we will side by side have something that's like super true to style and then something that's completely outrageously out of that uh you know using debittered hops and things like that like just trying new experiments and like we i guess the, the difference is that we we don't differentiate between the two like there's no like this is our clean like style mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. just like this is what we make it's all mishmashed on the board and it, that's part of you know the absurdity of it too right know? do you think you're going for the absurd in this I sense? mean we have a 20 foot macho man Randy Savage piñata floating above your head so right. and the the whole idea was like all right what's the theme absurdity mhm I mean, you look at the can art and things like that. Like this it's, tastes it's, like green tea. I'm freaking out about this. It's, this it's an like absurd. It's absurd in a good way. It's it's <laughs> it catching is. to your it eye. Is, it's right. like, and, but like, it's not boring. And that's, no, it's not. It's ultimately, at all. yeah. I mean, life's boring enough. You know, <laughs> I like the that. thing in your hand shouldn't be right. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> many titles. <laughs> <laughs> I um you know you try to be like enlightening and then you're just sitting here drinking beer and you're just like uh, you know I know this how many times have you heard just like a brilliant statement from like somebody at the end of a bar and it doesn't make any sense but then when you reflect on it you're like spot on absolutely absolutely yeah so like take this all as that and this is something or don't agree with me and that's fine because I also am full of shit yeah And this is something we can cut out. This is just my uh, personal opinion, but... No opinions allowed for anyone. <laughs> Objectivity only. <laughs> only facts. Um, do you guys, like, submit your beers often to competitions? If Never. You... We have a policy not to. Interesting. Yep. And it's just because you guys are just trying to do your own thing. Yeah. Okay. 
Love it. In that sense, now that makes me understand the brand I literally a little like bit better. opt out when there's the option. Right. And then when somebody's like, here's an award, and we're like, eh, give it to the other guy. Because, uh, you know, like, it, it's, f- I appreciate those things, and those are things are nice, but like, like I said, having a conversation, sitting down at a bar and having a conversation with somebody that you've never met before, and being, and it's starting being like, hey, what are you drinking? Oh, that's really cool. I tried that too. I thought about this. Hey, you should try this. And then you start like an actual conversation that is so much more important than an award. Honestly, I agree. And that's how we judge like the success of a beer or something like that. I mean, obviously, you, 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 untapped is going to be like your, you know, other source of eye roll. Uh, yeah. But you're also getting like ground floor feedback instead of people who are like professional beer writers and things like that. Um, but like, again, it's more about if you sit down and you watch somebody experience something and you see that like aha moment or that Mm -hmm. spark in them Mm -hmm. or just be like, you know, the cheeky, like, "Ah, I see what they did there kind of thing. I saw that so many times even today pouring beer and and that is the feedback that is more important than an award. Okay. Yeah. I recognize that and I appreciate that. That's cool. And it's kind of cool that you guys like earlier i was just baffled about how fast you guys are growing and it's kind of cool that a company this i didn't even finish the list <laughs> a, a company this big that's growing this rapidly is just kind of anti standards and you guys are just doing your own thing making beer because this is what you want to do without any regulation necessarily i don't know if regulation is the right word you there's guys are still making regulation i know <laughs> like fucking government i mean the government wise right i'm just saying like stylistically yeah i mean later we're gonna drink a uh like graph beer which is a collaboration that we did with a cider company and right i'm excited about that and like who there in their right minds in the beer world is selling a graph right nobody even knows what it is what is it it's like a it's a beer cider hybrid i mean I can argue, mm, I don't want to say Floodlands is doing the same thing, but there is a brewery in Seattle that's doing similar oh, things. Stuff. You can't even find their things. I got connections, bro. I should have well, brought some. Why yeah. didn't I bring some? God damn it. Trying to get beer for like a tap takeover thing that we were doing right. down here. And he was just like, literally, it's, all yeah. my beer for like eight months is yep. like locked up. And yep. I was like, but their shit damn, is dude. <laughs> insane. Yeah, I it's can insane. imagine. I mean, there's some pedigree behind there, so yeah okay well Should I, f- I finish the list real quick <laughs> go for the list no no no. i'm actually curious there's like the you know a question that exists you don't i get annoyed when i listen to things and the question doesn't you know or the romance is not like solidified by the end all those things annoy me and trajectory arcs and storytelling shit um this is storytelling if anyone's interested ooh. yeah no okay so we've got um Dankness Dojo, it's our 10-barrel pilot system um, in L.A., uh, full kitchen restaurant um, in heart of downtown L.A., uh, so that one's pretty cool. Uh, and then we are currently constructing Santa Barbara. Uh, Boy. Yes. Go uh, Gachos. So uh, that's pretty cool. Um, that, we haven't, like, announced a whole lot about it, but uh, uh, it's going to be, like, a tasting room, kind of like North Park, but uh, the art theme is outrageous i can't wait love it um then from there it's us uh up here in portland so uh that's kind of like all the places that we 
operate. I know. And again, I'm just amazed at how fast you guys. We have many warehouses like mismatched in between. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, like, where else are you going to fucking store all these cans and shit? And all your barrels. I mean, you guys do an insane amount of barrel aging between your coffee and your dark beers. Like, it's. We technically have the largest coffee barrel aged program in the world. Boy. It's not very big, but. It's a little something. Yeah. It's super fun. Like, the, the yeah. coffee program is really cool uh, to, like, just have watched. Um, you know, because all of it, it's a bunch of beer people uh, approaching coffee. And uh, we learned a lot early on. Uh, you don't sell coffee the same way you sell beer. Um, but, like, even on the, the production side of things, the thing that I think is really cool about it is, like, when we first started working in coffee, I mean, it became necessity because we were creating black house and uh you know as you're shopping around for different coffees it was like no ultimately we like want to have we have a profile in mind we have an idea of what we want to do so let's just do it and so we had this like tiny little home roaster in the corner of like the hottest part of the brewery and amy who's actually our director of art now uh was the roast faced killer back then um (laughs) and she just would be in the corner and just roasting coffee for 12 hours a day and it would take that long for like a single batch of black house yeah um which now we have like a full production roastery and all that kind of stuff but the thing that i like am most proud of that program for is that when we first started in coffee it was like the you know third wave coffee was you know a big thing but everyone was holding everything super super close to the chest and you know you're not used to that in beer everyone's collaborating everyone's sharing like hey i need a yeast crop okay come on over and you're like literally sharing Mm -hmm. things you grew with each other yeah and i think that's pretty cool and we were noticing it was not like that in coffee um so we were reaching out to people to do coffee collaborations you take a like bean that you're really into and we'll blend it with a bean that we're really into then it was like, wait, hold on. Nobody's like really blending coffee. It's all like single origin. Everything was single origin. Think about it. I you go like to that's any like place. The whole like third generation wave yeah. of coffee. And so yeah. we, we were like, let's just blend coffees and get Love different it. flavors. Love and it. that was what we were used to doing in a barrel age program mm-hmm. for beers and stuff like that. So we started using that approach to coffee and creating now we have like a, a seasonal blend that we come out with and we have like multiple different barrel age things so we're like at first we're like why don't we just try barrel aging it and because like you look at green coffee and it's just a sponge it's an oily sponge and because of that it creates heat as it's sitting in the barrel and it makes the wood expand and then as it gets cool it contracts and it forces the barrel character into the beans. It's like very simple, right? Uh, but it's like so effective and mm-hmm. it's incredibly unique. So we came out with City of the Dead, uh, which was the first out to anyone's knowledge that I have ever interacted with, the first one with barrel-aged coffee in it. And it was uh, kind of game over there. From there, we just went well, full steam ahead and right and that's kind of like just a natural a, like a natural path of because your guys's barrel barrel system is just legit like why wouldn't you apply this to something else you know so it's kind of cool to so, yeah, watch now that we unfold barrel age your own maple syrup for right food right and right. for beer and uh i mean we'll barrel age oh god we've all kinds of stuff. Do you guys work mostly with uh, bourbon barrels, rye barrels, wine barrels? Like, is it just across the board? Is there... I would say that, like, 
it's primarily bourbon that we have uh, mm-hmm. just because like bourbon barrel aged monsters park is such like a huge thing for us. Um, but we have anything you can probably think of sure. back there. I mean, my favorite thing that I, we never really came out with it. It became a blending tool for another beer. Um, but we did a Spanish brandy, uh, like wine must saison, And that was like uh, Spanish brandy universal friend. And I loved that beer. Like I said, it became like a component in a blend later on. But just what? Yeah. You know, right. that's not common. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, Spanish brandy, we've got all kinds of like different tequila, uh, scotch. I mean. I mean, you're working with the whole. Everything. Yeah. yeah right. Right. And I mean, it's it's nice. I mean, we have good relationships with brokers. So we're able to get like really high quality things. So it's like, you know, ultimately, it's not about like having a pappy barrel. Right. It, right, right. A pappy barrel takes the same as a jack barrel if depending on like the where it's been stored mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And so like we, we do get like nice Buffalo Trace, Four Roses, all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, it's the, the care of them and like mm-hmm. the quality of them. And right. we have pretty good access to that, which is awesome. And like a lot of like really nice uh, like virgin oak and uh, wine barrels, too. I mean, with like Napa Valley and the connections mm-hmm. that we've made, uh, being interested in like natural wine and grape must yes, and using yes, like using that as a combination in beer. Mm-hmm. Uh has created a lot of good connections and things like that. So we have access to. Right. I feel like that's kind of a good segue to this next beer we're talking about, right? <laughs> do we have a bottle opener to open <laughs> this next bottle? Wait, there's got to be a lighter here. I can just no, do that. Not. Although it breaks my rule of acidity. Okay. It doesn't matter. It's a good segue. Segways are important uh, if you're editing, right? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> this is the beer I want to drink next, okay? <laughs> oh, look Whoa. at that color. Oh, my God. Okay, so um, let's talk about this real interesting collab we have going on right here. Sure. You got uh, Shrine of the Forsaken Gods, uh, part two, which is the barrel-aged version of it. We like to... Barrel-aged what? uh, Red wine. Perfect. Yeah. With raspberries added. Shrine of the Forsaken Gods is our collaboration with Jester King out of Texas. Austin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can cut the part out of me questioning, (laughs) making sure I I can remember what I'm talking about. Um. So yeah, so Jester King, it's the second time we've made this beer. So the first time we came out with it, um, it was absolutely delicious, but it was not a barrel-aged version of it. Um, we then uh, rebrewed it to put it into barrels, uh, which is what we're drinking now. Um, so it had, oh man, had my notes uh, before, but uh, good long time in barrels. We'll, we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's, it was aged. Um, it's fine. Now, the reason why I wanted to drink this beer, though, is so... This past year, so I've been going to GABF. Uh, this will be my fifth year this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and like each year, I always go and seek out like Jester King, like barrel aged fruited Jester King mm-hmm. beer because it's always like this distinct flavor uh, that like I can't find anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
this year specifically, like one of my close friends uh, came with me um, to Denver and we went to this, like one, we went to rare beer and we had this uh, like raspberry sour from Jester King. And I was like, damn, this is like that raspberry flavor that everyone is like searching for. Like mm-hmm. I loved it so much. Yeah. And then I went back to work and realized that we had made a very similar beer with mm-hmm. them. Uh, and I was like very excited about it. Uh, now, it's like a mix of our house culture and their house culture. Dope. Uh, so you can get those like those same things that I was uh, like really identifying that I enjoyed in the sours that I'd been having for years mm-hmm. uh, here. So it was really fun to be able to like, since this is our second time brewing this beer, you know, like reculture that, rebuild yeah, that up yeah. and like ha- see how that because it's the same like pitch that we had done mm-hmm. from before. So how that has changed over time. Right. Uh, and I think it's uh, turned out to be quite delicious. And I mean, raspberry character, I mean, nobody can see what we're talking about, but this it's is just like a bright red garnet red. Like, it's yeah. like, uh, you know, early B movie Dracula blood <laughs> color. Exactly. Love it. It's super juicy up front and ends with a nice mild tartness. Couldn't have said better myself. Yeah. Wow, that's real good. Mm, mm-hmm. We're passing it around, trying it. This consensus is delicious. We were kind of talking about these kind of like hybrid beers. Yeah. And um that's the part of that, like um, the, all those narrative podcasts that you we all like, is the, like, those imperfections where somebody's like, "Go, go, come on," or when they're like, they talk to their producer, like cut that out, but you keep it in because it's yeah. funny. Um, she does that, yeah. Oh yeah, I do. Because <laughs> um, I'm my own producer, <laughs> ain't got no one else but me. Um, no, but I, when we were talking earlier about how modern times is kind of going off this whole idea of like not following styles, not doing anything in particular about what it's supposed to be this is kind of what it reminds me of because like wh- what do we call this a saison a fruited saison like what even it's not a sour necessarily it's not so you're saying it's not that sour it's still 16.2 on a total acidity scale i mean which like, like nine is like whoo. right i don't know maybe my palate is just a little no i mean up. but that's the interesting thing is that like uh it's because of the raspberry in it. Mm-hmm. So the raspberry, like the jamminess of that right. is like covering that up, mm-hmm. which when you're like sitting there analyzing a beer and you're going by style, then it has to fall within a total, yeah. a different total acidity. I can do whatever I want with total acidity and you can't tell the difference because you're changing the profile some way else. Mm-hmm. So like, why am I listening to a style that tells me I have to be within this parameter when I can manipulate that parameter? For sure. Just to keep on my no styles. It is... I like that you use the word jammy because it is pretty jammy. And that's the, that's the thing that I found that I identified with the Jester King beers that I really liked mm-hmm. was the jamminess of the fruit. Yeah. And the thing is, that, I mean, it comes from using like actual fruit. Totally. And when you say actual fruit, do you mean... Oh, we shove it in the bunghole. <laughs> there it is. Every time I get a microphone in my hand, I have to say bunghole. Cool. Um, so when you say it's a technical, fruit, it's a technical term in the brewing. We all world. know it's a technical. We all know what a bung is. Um, when do you, you say fruit, when you say fruit, do you mean whole fruits or do you mean a few, uh, a fruit puree? Both. Okay. Yeah. I uh, like with our bigger, like Berliner kind of things, it's definitely like heavily, uh, puree, but we'll still like, if we're using, you know, 
chili peppers or anything like that. Right. We're, we're going in DC in those bad boys. Right. Um, but like, uh, yeah, it's, it's a combination. So if, if the fruit edition is primarily done in like stainless, we're seeing that like puree is definitely like the it, like gets the better extraction. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're fruiting into a barrel, then it's definitely like uh, either like diced fruit or like right. halved fruit or something. So like when that. you're doing like your fruit lens, it's going to be puree for sure. Right. But the beauty of that is like shout out to my my ops people because that's my world. Uh, you know, you contract correctly. You like plan these things out. We knew that like potential growth of Fruitlands as a brand we looked at over like a certain amount of time and realized that if we like bulked up our contract now we could be actually like doubling the amount of fruit that we're putting into that beer for the same price if we contracted for like a couple extra years sure, sure. and that like that amplified that beer you know over top I mean, it still was like still had that base kind of goza-ness before and now it's i mean it's a fruit bomb but it's the intention of it i mean you want to get a little real right now so i'm wearing my uh quote-unquote leather my pleather jacket you can't really see it right here but if i just pull my lapel a little bit to the left oh shit fruitlands pin boy shout out to rita (laughs) who gave me this pin you know who you are uh yeah no, I. I Why do you hide it underneath? Your I didn't lapel? mean to hide it. It just I put it on the lapel, Fended. and then the lapel falls this way because I have so many freaking pins on here. Okay, so you said this is barrel aged. Yep. Um, I'm gonna be quite honest. I'm not picking up on like a lot of oak qualities in this. Sure. I mean, the amount of fruit in here mm-hmm. is covering that up for mm-hmm. sure. Um, yeah. The non-barrel aged version is it gonna be a little bit more? So I actually had this conversation the other day. I have no idea what it's going to taste like now because it was a year ago. Mm-hmm. And like we were talking about this like as a company and then like ultimately with our like league people where somebody was like talking about a beer and we're like, did you like batch one or batch two better? And ultimately everybody's like has this nostalgia factor for batch one, but it comes down to like your experience and what you ultimately are having around you. I'm saying ultimately a lot. Um, but what's around you and a beer that you blew your mind two years ago, you go back to and that doesn't exist anymore. Right, that, right. Because you've expanded your palate. You understand mm-hmm. flavors in a different way. Your palate experiences it differently. I don't know how many beers that I go back to and I'm like, I liked this. And, yeah. and so... Ultimately, you know, between the difference between this and it's a, it's it's a different beer. It's the same recipe, but it's a different beer because the you know it, obviously the oak is different, but the, the lifespan of the beer, the the house yeast and everything like that, I ever, all that is morphed over time. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't like to compare in that way. I like to you know look at it as a progression and For see sure. how that changes. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the the other beer that we have in front of us right now is like uh, Modem Tones, which is a imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with vanilla. Is that just like a purposely made like pun on modern times? So it was a miss. Uh, it was an autocorrect error on <laughs> uh, Beer Advocate, and it happened so many times that uh, we were just like, "Hey, we're gonna make this into a beer." Love it. I love it. Uh, and then, but the the request of the person who did that. Uh, on Beer Advocate was that we somehow had to make it 14.4% uh, because 
<laughs> a modem tone's kilowatt is 14.4 kilowatts because we're nerds. Love it. Into it. Um, okay, I'm going to segue a little bit. Wits, kilowits, bits. Oh, fuck. Kilobits? Kilobits. I'm not, you know, a it's physicist. Fine. I just help make beer go from places to places. <laughs> okay. We're going to shift a little bit. Mike, you've been giving so much great information. I've been loving this conversation so far. Um, We're going to shift a little bit more towards my normal guidelines of how this podcast goes. You're like, stop spewing bullshit. No, I love it. It's great. (laughs) Um, I'm going to have a... It's going to be a long episode, and I'm into it. Um, (laughs) So... We've been going over the beers we've been drinking. We've been going over the history of modern times. I don't all even that think I stuff. even like introduced myself at a, at a certain point. Um, is so that th- like this a, is. Uh, are we doing it now? <laughs> we're gonna do it forty-five minutes into the podcast. No, just make me a mystery the entire time. I love it. I mean, like you can say your full name. No, you can it, say the your very first end, name. and it was like, "Thank you," and this message has been approved by blank. So you're just not gonna say your name. Can I say your name? At the, no, at the end. We'll do it. I'm going to do that at the end. Okay, love it. Um, okay, real quick. So Suspense through the whole thing. It's a narrative It's a narrative so thing. Y'all have to wait until the end of this podcast to find out who my guest is, even though it's going to say it in the description. Um, no so, one can describe me. <laughs> okay, Mike. Okay, serious. I'm sorry. Okay, serious. Besides the last time you were in Seattle, which was... <sighs> I don't know, six, seven, eight months ago. Uh, the last time I saw you before that was in college in Santa Cruz, and you were like going to work for the CIA and become a spy. And here oh, I, you I are. Already, I, that's that's what I actually do. Oh shit! Yep, I'm breaking it down. Here I am. Come at me, government. <laughs> and here we are now yeah you have worked for how many breweries you have Three. opened the modern times location Three. in portland um how did we get I did from it with this position you, I, no I, no doubt you did it with a team i'm just saying how did we get team. from can't, can't going to more. a spy nobody ever said i was a spy i that's under the assumption i was under like uh i just figured that's what you were going you for. know i spies are like a relative term it's like a pretty generic thing that's it talks about a whole intelligence you know apparatus but we well, don't need to get into that right now uh we went that's, from that that's a different to, subject of, uh, um sitting here and talking about barrel-aged beers and how how beer has moved into coffee and you know you know what i'm saying like how did we get here now today? we make sparkling water too <laughs> i'm actually into it i'm not mad about bubble it. party love it never coming at you in cans because <laughs> it costs more to can water than to sell water <laughs> i don't know how Lacroix's doing it bulk that's how Mike, tell me how you got from going from the CIA. You could tell I was avoiding the question, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. okay, I'm just saying, like, uh, it all comes down to government shutdowns. <laughs> no, I'm not even kidding. Um, so I, uh, when I first, so when I was in college, I worked for Apple, um, and then when I left college, I moved back down to San Diego, and I continued to work for Apple, but at the same time. I started to do like a lot of networking uh, within my work for the government, infiltrating started things, you know, like getting to know people, creating assets, uh, et cetera, et cetera. No. uh, You've all seen the Americans. We know. Yeah, exactly. Except for I'm not a fucking Russian spy. (laughs) Are you? No, 
definitely not. Uh, I I already have enough problems with like the bigotry here, Russia. Let's let's get into that. Took a lot of Russian really politics classes. To. We don't need to. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is like every time I get in an Uber, somebody brings up something. I'm like, oh, you want to talk about that? Let's talk about that for real. <laughs> That's some bullshit, like, cursory research <laughs> thing. Let's get into the details. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, how I got here. Yeah, how um, did you get here? So, government shutdown. Uh, I was working for a naval contractor um, doing uh, cybersecurity research. Dope. Uh, and I was filling out other paperwork and the government shut down and said paperwork never made it somewhere and then other things happened that i can't talk about and then i was like you know what i was standing in the back of a garage one day uh with a f like a friend of mine and uh we were letting people sample like home brews that we were making and this was like during the government shutdown last time and wow, what an opportune time, like yeah, right, serendipitous right. that like we're talking about government <laughs> shutdown and they're actually relevant to the story. Um, and we're in one now. Uh, so I was just standing in the back of the garage and I just saw people that I knew had never interacted with each other or like acknowledged each other walking down the street, like conversing with each other and creating an actual neighborhood and a community. And so I, I know this sounds like way more dramatic than it should it was just a really like i was drunk in the back of a garage and i was like sitting there just like i like when people like each other um but honestly in my head there was like a more profound like moment <laughs> no there. it's it's really not it's not um it's really not anything beyond that i mean every time i've sat down and talked to someone about why do we love the craft beer industry the bottom line is community yeah and like so the Next day, I walked into Pizza Port, and I said, I want a job. And they're like, who are you? And I was like, good point. Uh, I'll do whatever <laughs> you want me to do. Um, and uh, then I gave them my resume, and they're like, so you are leaving the government? Why do you want to work here? I was like, I want to work in beer, and I'm going to do anything I can and make the you know connections that I can just to you know get to a point where... I mean, that's a big turnaround for one thing to make you think, shit, I'm going to flip from doing this thing to another thing. You gotta I mean, be confident in your actions, you know? I mean, you do, but I think that's also kind of a, it's representative of what this community is about, right? Yeah. I mean, like I literally went from not being able to mention what I did on a daily basis to being, my purpose was to make people talk. Right. I love it. So you went from Pizza Port to what happened there? How did you move on from that? So Pizza Port, um, I was there, long story sh short. So I got hired as a pizza person uh, because it was like the only thing that they were hiring. They were like, you made how much money? And I was like, eh, it doesn't matter. They're like, you realize how much money you're going to make? I'm like, moved back in with my parents. I get it. Um, and uh, the next morning, uh, I walked up. So like my first shift in the, and I didn't really like, disclose this was my plan uh, i just like walked up to uh devin uh who is an amazing brewer um and i was like hey i want to help you can i please help you please uh <laughs> i'll do please. whatever you want me yes. to do uh like i'll even not i like, will clean not these get, kegs yeah, yeah and i and she was like can you be here at 6 a.m tomorrow and i was like sure 
Let's do it. And what I showed up at you six. Do? Were you just kegging off? Were you cleaning kegs? Oh my god! So this is bottling? like truly no. I mean, we're t- this is like Pizza Port Solana Beach. This is like where Tommy Arthur started. This is where like Jeff Bagby started. Like this is a thirty-five-year-old brew system, in, literally in a hole in a ground. Yep. Uh, the like top of the tanks is where like the people's feet yeah, in the restaurant yeah. are. So right. like we're, you like climb a ladder to get down. Mm-hmm. Um, That's no, like, like nice for dry hopping, right? Yeah, it was super easy. Um, <laughs> except for like half the time someone was like folding pizza boxes in your way. Um, but I love it. Like I will always love that place. I, that'll have like some weird thing in my heart forever. Yeah, of course. Uh, but like. I did a lot of grain out because it it was like a check system from 35 years old. The most laborious part of brewing. So the crazy part about it. So we would get all of our grain from like the the main pizza port location Mm -hmm. in uh, just it was like just mixed grain in uh, like trash cans. Yeah. And we would, uh, you know, dump it in um, and it had like this little auger thing that would like put, you know, ride it up. And then before it went into the grist case. And but it was like so we would just have to like angle it in the right way to just dump trash cans into this thing. Mm-hmm. But to grain out, you had to put a little platform on to like the the auger port. Yeah, yeah. And you would stand on it because that would put the manhole at your knee level. This but is then an to insane get, system. To, to get grain. Describing. Oh yeah, it it's literally like in a half of this space. Half of this space that no one knows what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, for context, you can cut that part. Um, <laughs> but I'm just saying it was re- really, really tiny. Right, um, right. And so then, yeah, so you're you're graining out at a thing at your knee level with like a shovel uh-huh. and a tiny little manhole to a trash can at your head level. So you're just like up, down, up, down, yeah, up, down, yeah. up, down. Back did not like that. Nice. Um, no. But so I was doing that and I was making pizzas and... Uh, just trying to meet as many people as I possibly could and like was doing a lot of home brewing at the time. Um, so my neighbor, uh, he has like, uh, he calls his, t- uh, it tiny Bob is his like homebrew setup. And, uh, he literally has like taught me everything I've known about beer. And he, the funny thing, like we we're talking about styles, this is like the one thing that he and I like now fight about because he's like style, style, style. Yeah, yeah. And he like will not make a hazy IPA or anything like that. Uh, but also like one of the most like supportive people of me, like taking this jump mm-hmm. in my career. Yeah. Uh, so I was like helping him out and doing all that. And, uh, at one of the guys who just moved down in down the street, uh, started coming over to like every Friday, we literally open up the garage and just pour beer, uh, and also brew at the same time. Um, and so one of the new neighbors was coming down. And for about like three, four months, he was just coming down every Friday and he would just, it was like bringing crazy beers uh, to just sample us on like di- cra- like different brewery things uh, when it was still like you could only get brewery things mm-hmm. when you're in the club. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were just like, where are you getting all this stuff? And he's like, oh, I work for Stone. I'm one of the sales reps. And so uh, I started, you know, getting to know him and he was like, hey. I think uh, we're opening up like an events person position. Uh, you know, you know a lot about like production style, side of stuff. You should, but you can like communicate somewhat intelligently right, right. and like not stumble your words like 
yeah so he was just like you should just apply for this job because you're like working at mm-hmm. pizza port like right, and pizza right. port was you know pretty you know part-time because i was like trying to split the time between the brewing and the but so i couldn't like get consistent hours because mm-hmm. on the brewing side it was like really when it was like a big batch of something or it was something like extremely labor intensive mm-hmm. that was just like when i got called in because there was uh, right, Devin right. and matt and matt's now uh he was the head brewer of uh, OB, and now I think he's back up at Bressy, so he's doing good things. Um, Shout out. Yeah. I'm just, you know, people that have been important, like, through this whole thing, even if they, don't, like, don't realize right, they have right. been. Right, For sure. Um, and so, yeah, so I did that, uh, and I applied for that job. Uh, I met Lindsay, and uh, she kind of just, like, took me under her wing, and I just started volunteering for, like, I broke my arm like right as i started the job at uh stone wrist uh (laughs) tell me the story please i'd love to hear it oh good uh so we went to a beer festival this is when i was like still pretty amateur and uh went to like beer festivals to get drunk sure and so we went to this beer festival there's like so many different things and we were just running around and it was i think we also had just the u.s lost a world cup game and it was like everybody was angry and it was, it was like <laughs> in a giant arena of people drinking beer just going like no mm-hmm. um and so we get back to my house uh my friend urinates on my parents uh uh fence my mom witnesses it it's this back and forth and so we're all like ah oh, we gotta go and so my friend's like like uh let's Let's go play baseball. Let's go play baseball at this point. This is what his yeah, train that, of thought was. Yeah, that, that was the train of thought that we all like settled on. And you're like, tight, let's do it. Yeah, so we we, we like walk over to the local high school and uh, I cannot climb a fence if my life depends on it. I am so bad at climbing fences. Just a basic chain link. Chain link fence. Not going to do it. Can't do it my I'm, I'm like a gangly dude like so like it just doesn't work i, I it starts like wobbling and i'm like ah, like i can't i can't do it so I, yeah i panic and so i'm like sitting at the top of this fence and my friend is i'm drunk he's drunk but i don't recognize how drunk he is because i'm drunk and he is uh he's like i'll catch you man I, i'll catch you oh no oh, and no. so he like stands there and he like lets me get on his shoulders but immediately collapses upon me getting on his shoulders because like i'm a you know a big person i shouldn't be getting on someone's shoulders especially someone who is not as big as i am and then you broke your arm and i just went straight forward and just shattered my wrist yikes and then i started working at stone like (laughs) two weeks later (laughs) yeah and so and the first thing i was supposed to do was like uh like a company picnic and i was supposed to like set up uh the jockey boxes and stuff like Mm -hmm. that and so i roll up with a broken arm and i'm like balancing a jockey box on my broken arm and like carrying it with the other hand i mean that's that's a good leverage yeah it was was like a a solid thing yeah yeah and so uh but my boss was like what are you doing like hi what the fuck just happened yeah and she's like are you kidding me like you broke your arm and i was like it's fine i can do everything i'll be fine and i i like worked through it but then, like, over time, I, I started taking on new responsibilities at Stone and eventually, like, ran our whole POS warehouse in L.A. and San Diego. And then also kind of was, like, the the event uh, charitable donation lead um, within the market. So I was traveling all over the place uh, within Southern California, like, doing beer festivals, 
uh, but also like making sure reps had tap handles and glassware. And so I was just like literally doing as much as I possibly could. Uh, like whenever I needed extra hours, I was prepping like Costco bo like boxes because Costco has this uh, thing where you have to cut the tops off because the, the to be able to access the bottles at Costco, they sure, don't want sure. it to like open a case. So they you're just, just there with like up. utility knife, just yeah. taking so off. Everything. I, I literally would like repalletize if I needed extra hours. I would just be like, Hey, I need 16 extra hours this week. Um, and you do that for 16 hours. Yeah. Straight up. So yeah, I mean, I just did whatever I possibly could. And, uh, then I started doing like field sales, uh, support. So I was helping reps out. Um, and then I like trained the next two people that got hired for that job. We'll leave that conversation there. Um, and then, uh, you know, this entire time I had been like in love and fascinated with modern times, uh, which was one of our suppliers. And it was like, we started at stone distributing. We were the first, uh, you know, distro company for modern times. And I remember like the first time I ever walked in, literally there was like one beer on tap. It was Loma land. And we we're like, Oh, this is kind of weird. Like they only had one beer. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, I have to go back. And we went back and had a fantastic time and just kind of fell in love with, you could feel it felt different. Right. And it still f feels different. And like at that point, you know, I'd, I'd worked for, you know, a lot of different things in my life. I, you know, worked for Apple. I worked for the federal government. I had worked for a small brewery that had literally, like, not an actual production line. It was all just one-offs. Then mm -hmm. I had worked for a massive production brewery. Mm -hmm. And, like, my entire trajectory, I, I'd worked for things that were structured a specific way. And it was the first time, like, I, you could feel that it was, like, you have an idea just do it so is that, and that kind and of that, is that concept kind of what's keeping you in this industry like no i i mean i i will i've always said that i will i'm done when it stops being about bringing people together love it and i like that's one where i talked about like gabf earlier and i think that the the beautiful thing that i, I why i keep on going back because it is like physically and emotionally exhausting every year to do that oh yeah but like the thing that i love about it is you get to bring people who sometimes you know i don't want to say jaded because it's like not the right term because i mean how can you get jaded in beer really but like it's this kind of glossiness that you've like lived in your own bubble and you've mm -hmm. been doing the same thing mm -hmm. and you're like interacting with the same like regulars right. and stuff like that and you go into an environment like that and you see how big what and how different what we're all doing is right and you see people from all over the country there's not like there's not bad things happening there's just joy in the air and like that's why you know when i'm not i'm not trying to like worry about a style because like mm -hmm. it's more about the joy of the experience right. and as long as that's still around and like i can still pay my bills and stuff <laughs> then I mean, like, how do you argue against that? Like, if that's something that we're, you know? yeah, if that's something that we're all enjoying about this community, is this something that is bringing us all together? Like, there's a reason why we all love craft beer. It's because it creates a community. It's because it creates an experience that we're not getting anywhere else. Why, why the fuck would you try to change that? 
It doesn't make sense not to. Like, right. That should be what we're all striving for. And, and like, like, hopefully it's sustainable. Hopefully this is something that people are continuing to want for yeah, years and years. As long as you're making good things. Like, right. And, you know, you're willing to push it, you know? Yeah. I think that, that that's what people want nowadays is they don't want... Mm-hmm. They don't want to walk into your bar, and, and we understand this. And I think that this is one of the things that's like set us apart because from the very get-go, we didn't have this is what we do, and then like every right. once in a while we're coming out with we were hitting the ground running from the very beginning of new, constantly new different things, mm-hmm. and the beer market shifted into that rotator market, mm-hmm. and it's about that constant evolving yeah, yeah, experience. Yeah. And you know we could go into like how that's just millennials in a nutshell is just like constantly involving greater experience kind of things but that's sociological (laughs) studies for a different day (laughs) but i i i appreciate the constant strive for something new and not setting it into like settling into a rut and that's like that's the fun part you walk into the cellar and like a brewers like in the cellar people are like hey try this i'm really excited about this crazy thing i've never tasted before that we just created mm-hmm. and that's like that's the other side of it too is like seeing that joy in the people creating things too helps facilitate that joy communicated all the way down the line and uh you see that i guess that's that's why i fell in love with like modern times but yeah no i love it there's my and... shameless plug <laughs> no i mean it makes total sense and this is something that i feel like is kind of congruent with the entire industry okay we have had an incredible conversation so far we're gonna round it out with a uh a segment a little segment that i am interested to hear your opinion on called drunchies you're aware of uh what drunchies are right yeah (laughs) okay cool so expert (laughs) uh favorite time to eat a midnight a Midwest boy coming to the West Coast. What is your go-to drunk munchie? Just slices of cheese. What? <laughs> what the fuck is that? It's just straight up slice. What does that even mean? It's not, that's not even specifying what kind of cheese you like. You just it doesn't matter. Like... It, whatever's in the fridge. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm actually drunk and I'm like trying to get something to eat, I'm being 100% honest. There was like other things that popped in my head to be able to, but I'm just being honest. Uh, both of you have lived with me. I just eat cheese. <laughs> so it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter if it's Kraft American sliced cheeses. It doesn't matter if it's Gouda. I, I like what, whatever it's it is. Not, well, as long as it's not goat cheese. What? That's your that's your line that you draw it at? Um, <laughs> goat cheese? I prefer it not to be Kraft American singles. That's my like historical answer. Nowadays... You know, a refined palate. No, I mean, now it's just like whatever I actually have in the fridge. So not even you're not even trying to go out to fulfill the munchies. You're so just it used to be if to I was like, I'm gonna go get food because I'm drunk and I'm hungry. It was definitely a California burrito, just from whatever taqueria was around. No, I mean I had my spots, which were. Uh, I mean, out. when I was living in North Park, Kalimas was definitely, and when I was living, when we were living in Bankers Hill, like Kalimas was uh, like my spot. That's where I always went. Um, what? 
Taqueria Santa Cruz in Santa Cruz, uh, where I, I convinced them spot. to actually like actually make me a California burrito, and With I had to fries. explain it to them, and like, but then they started like making it more often, and I think it's like probably on the menu now. But You're just gonna take it's that not my fault. It's, no, 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 because there's so many San Diegans. You can find California burritos literally like two blocks away over here. They suck. All right, so California burritos. Literal California slices burritos, of cheese. Literal <laughs> slices of cheese. I sound like a just a heathen. I had a recent realization of how I can eat at Taco Bell. I have a new order at Taco Bell that I've been into. Because last time... <laughs> I can't go to Taco Bell anymore. What? If I can well, go to Taco Bell, story. you can go to Taco Bell. Although I'm not nope. eating the meat there, so maybe that's a different situation. Seven layer burrito. No cheese, no sour cream. Fresco style extra guacamole that's what we're talking about so i can't i, I don't eat fast food anymore which is a Just revelation in my life straight up straight not up at all because i almost died from what from mcdonald's from mcdonald's you almost died i'm not even surprised this is the last of this podcast you're going to tell the story we're going to cheers we're going to finish our beers and this podcast episode is over i lived up here in, in a basement uh for like the period of time before uh like as we were just opening up the brewery up here and uh in april i went down to coachella uh and then i went back to san diego and my lovely girlfriend and i uh decided to just just throw everything on a wednesday into the back of our van and drive up to portland uh we we totally like organized it with people to like help us out but then realized that everyone works in the middle of a work week um so we did it all of ourselves. Um, I have a moving van. So we have all our stuff in there. It's a pretty big van. I go with my stepdad to LA uh, because he has a business meeting. We drive the van up there and then we're going to like drive from there. Um, he has a really long business meeting. It was six hours long that I just laid in the back of a moving van. But luckily my mattress was back there. So it wasn't that big of a deal. Took a quick, a quick uh, disco nap. Yeah. And there was, was like a, a Starbucks, like in enough distance that I got Wi-Fi. So I just had my like laptop out and I was just laying on my mattress in the back. You know, you got to get crafty in desperate times. Love it. Um, so then we uh, were like, oh man, we are, that meeting was supposed to be an hour and a half. So we're really, really far behind. So we're just like gunning it. Um, we, we get into deep country, California. And uh, it's 11 o'clock at night, and we're both starving because we just have not stopped. It was like the, the tank of gas. We got all the way, in, and then we were like, okay, we'll, we'll stop, get food. I eat McDonald's. Uh, we get to Sacramento. Uh, I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and every orifice of my body has decided to revolt. Oh, no. um, and I... That is my my reality in life for the next 24 hours. Yikes, you just got straight up food poisoning. Yeah, and uh, got so severely dehydrated that our first night in uh, Portland was in the emergency room Dude. with me chugging an IV, like a full liter IV in 20 minutes. What? And the anti-nausea medicine that they're supposedly supposed to give me maximum of twice. They gave me four times. So, um, advocate for veganism right now. So M doesn't have a microphone right now. She works for public health. She is saying that you cannot get 
food poisoning from something ta- around. that you What's drink. What's the turnaround time? So cool. You had E. coli or salmonella or food poisoning or You know what? I just got fucked up bowels. How about that? Or IBS. No. So listen, just don't eat McDonald's. See the, Is this see not the, the moral of the story? No, see, see the... Is this not the moral of the story? And, and I now don't eat fast food. And now but you don't eat McDonald's. can we not have that be the last part of it? Because it's not a good story. It's just about me shitting. Have you ever worked behind a bar or have you ever... Are you always like production based? Uh, technically, I have never been a bartender. So we can't do tales from behind the bar because you're not a bartender. I have worked over 300 beer festivals. Okay, you want to tell a quick nightmare story about how customers are the fucking worst? Haha. <laughs> uh, yes, sure. Perfect. Uh, so I have worked over 300 beer festivals uh, and have seen the worst of humankind. Yeah. Um, I also did it as a distributor rep, which meant that I set up five or six booths, not just one. Um, and so... I was working like a double booth. I won't like name the breweries or anything like that because it's, you know, whatever. Uh, but I was working this beer festival and uh, had a lovely guest with me. Um, so then there was the uh, a large group of uh, what was I self-perceived as alpha males, I would assume. Uh, so bros. Yeah. Uh, shouting that they were going to forcibly insert themselves on each other. Um, and I said, hey, guys, just an FYI, um, this is how you get cut off. This right here is the behavior that you exhibit when someone says, you're done, you're beyond the limit. And they're, and I was yeah, like, I just, want, I just want to let you guys know that, like, everyone here is watching you and i'm i'm just trying to do the right thing and let you know that this is inappropriate behavior uh and uh then they decided to come up to the booth and shout you know similar like violent things and i felt that that was entirely inappropriate to be in front of my lovely guest at the time um and i was embarrassed for you know basically everything i had like hyped it hyped up my job to be and like what i was going for it seemed like devalued and like because it was just like you don't want those customers whatsoever now that that beer festival morphed into like an entire different nightmare which um you know ended with a fence collapsing on said lovely guest uh because some drunk bro uh ran and jumped against the fence and uh, as there was equipment being stored around it, it collapsed and hit people. Also, oh God. multiple witnesses of like couples and then their their third friend coming with them uh, fighting, and then the third friend just being like in the middle of the bench puking. Um, just you know, the the generation we want to get behind. So yeah, beer festivals seem all fun and games until you, you get drunk as so bros you, collapsing fences on people's girlfriends and yeah. being like. So you know you you work behind fun, the bar right? and you you see some horrible shit, but it's like private event horrible shit that really shows you what humans can do. Like they they are paying fifty dollars to be here, and yet this is what's happening. Yeah, and apparently I'm the asshole for being like, hey man, 
water's good for you. My favorite thing is how drunk people like to think that as a server or a bartender that you don't have authority. And you're like, I'm literally the person dictating whether you're going to drink more or not. And you are far beyond I also have the authority anything. to tell you if your ID seems fake. Thank you. And you know what? It's really hard to drive when someone takes your real ID. And I've done that at a beer festival. I didn't want that person to drive. And I convinced them that they like physically couldn't drive without their ID. So save some lives. You're the hero we all have needed. Not the one you deserve. <laughs> it's the reverse of Batman. <laughs> That's how you end it. That is how we end it. Also, cheers, my friend.